Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glixman with my tag team partner, Matt Story. And if the last few episodes are any indicator, there's like a dozen of you who are listening. Um, I know that I'm one, and I know that uh, Matt's mom is one. Pat, Greg are both in. But uh, there's a lot of people who I don't know. Brady, I think, listens most of the time, preferring to trash talk. Yeah, Um, yeah. Anyway, so first, a little bit of housekeeping. We're going to go through and do our bowl picks uh, at a later one of these, but the bowl pick is up on ESPN.com. We're doing it through there like we did last year. Um, the link is on our Twitter feed, and the password is blown coverage, all one word, all lowercase. Blown <laughs> coverage. Um, yes, it's left over from 2016. We maybe should update next year. Hopefully, it'll be blown coverage. Um, you know, it wasn't as big a deal, but you can't you can't get rid of that one just yet. I think it's too good to let that die after one year. Well, and, you know, it's interesting that that actually lets us transition into something. Um, Chase Lucas made All-Pac-12 uh, second team, youngest guy to make yeah. the All-Pac-12, and he's a defensive back who's played just this season at defensive back. So, you know, uh, a positive development for ASU's defense to have guys it is. on that team. <laughs> Without a doubt, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I heard, uh, you know, Haller made this point that, you know, and I, I kind of felt the same. He had a solid year. It's tough with a defensive back. Sometimes, you you know, you're, but that shows that people around the conference respected what he did. And, um, uh, yeah, I mean, that's a good thing. And a, and a guy that hopefully you can, uh, you know, continue to, to get better and, and, you know, have him as your, your cornerstone of your secondary for the next two to three years. Yeah, and we'll find out soon if he's getting all of his uh, defensive coaches back with him. But we know that Herm Edwards has followed the recommendation that wasn't a rule, but that we all saw coming of retaining the entire offensive staff and with an eye towards trying to keep all of the coaches in place. Um, They've promoted Billy Napier to uh, deputy head coach, assistant head coach, some something like so that. Shit. Unfortunately, not deputy. Deputy would have been fun, but I guess that's for Mike Norvell. Unfortunately, but maybe maybe that's something he can aspire to for 2019. Become yeah, the deputy head coach. Um, and then we can unretire a moderately offensive nickname, and and we'll do that. Yes, uh, but one in- that, quite honestly, let's just let's just you know hint around it. Probably becomes even more offensive now, given who the head coach is. Yes. And the athletic director. Let's just get to it. But, you know, it's still a great name, and Blazing Saddles is always a great movie to quote. Um, but Herm Edwards' era begins. He's finishing up his duties at ESPN, which uh, many ASU reporters have noted is weird. That, you know, it, it's you, weird. <laughs> you, <laughs> you, you can spin it well that, you know, he's sticking with his commitment and however else you want to put it and that he was referred to as the ASU head coach. He got interviewed by Cronkite alum Matt Barry during a sports center. Um, But it's weird. This is like the big window to recruit Uh, and he's in Bristol, Connecticut, not a bastion of college and high school sports. No. And doesn't it sort of go along with what we've said about this, you know, for about a week now, a little over a week since this name started to surface, which is weird. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of this been weird. Uh, the fact he was even a candidate weird. The fact that he did a media blitz before getting the job was weird. Uh, the fact that the announcement of him coming to, you know, getting the job came along with a, 
you know, corporate jargon speak release about the new leadership model was weird. There's a lot of weird. Um, you know, I, I'm just kind of shutting my eyes and hoping it's going to lead us somewhere good. Um, but there's some, some strangeness about all these things. Uh, and that's just the latest chapter. The press release struck me as the sort of thing when Bill Walton was talking about the New American University for that game and just uh-huh. kept saying New American uh-huh. University with a bunch of words around it that didn't necessarily make sense when yeah. strung together in the order he chose. Um, yeah. I, I, that's how it seemed like this uh, press release was taken by the media. And the press conference didn't do well much received. to fix it. Um, no, no. Uh, there's another, you know, having his agent talk for him you know, at the press conference, so before he even talks, his agent speaks, um, you know, Michael Crow speaks via video. I mean, this has just been, uh, it's been a strange chapter in, in ASU for the last, I guess, 11 days, you know, 12 days ago was when we beat Arizona. Boy, does that seem like a lifetime ago, uh, you know, and, and represented physically. If you're in the Phoenix area, you might have seen it. The stadium, which was the host of that game 12 days ago, is now a third demolished as the east side has been completely torn away as they, you know, try to continue the renovation. So, yeah, it's a it's a weird time at ASU, and, and the coaching search and results has only played a really big part of that. Yeah, the, you know, the Herm Edwards era is off to a bumpy start, I think it would be fair yeah, to say. Yeah, yeah, I mean, look, you know, you know in this day and age that, Anything you do can be made fun of, and you know the social media world finds something to seize on. And apparently, on Monday, it was the the you know devil's comment. Um, Which uh, if he I, meant it, <laughs> look, let's let's get into this. So yeah, he he did not mention the school mascot or nickname by name. He kept referring to it as ASU right. or Arizona State. And right. he called on a reporter from Devil's Digest, which good marketing by them. We really should have been there to, Boy, you know, yeah, talk about our yeah, podcast geez. or something. But yeah, uh, yeah. but Herm said, Devils, uh, I'm a Catholic. I'm a Christian. Uh, yeah. Be careful with that devil stuff. And uh, almost as if he didn't know the name of the team was the Sun Devils. And yeah. the consensus spin or whatever you want to say is, it was a joke. It didn't land well, but it was a joke. Yeah. I'm not sure it was a joke. I don't know. I mean, it wasn't delivered like a joke. Let's say that. It, it was It was delivered like a joke, but not in the sense of, you know, wink, wink, I know the name is the Devils, but I'm going to, you know, I mean, people, don't, I've, I've seen that joke made. Like, you know, oh, but, you know, Sun Devils and, you know, you're, you know, that's not how it was delivered. Now, I don't know him well enough. Uh, you know, to say if that, maybe that's his style, but yeah, it certainly did cross like a guy who didn't quite realize that the publication named Devil's Digest might have something to do with ASU. And so therefore he decided to make a joke about the word devil when, you know, I don't know. Yeah, it was odd. Uh, I mean, there's no other way to say it. I feel like I keep saying that, but everything that's happened in the last 10 or 11 days has been kind of odd, you know, from the, from the day that, Ray Anderson fired Graham, which was kind of expected, you know, but everything after has, um, it's been like, you know, fasten your seatbelts. What might happen next? Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb right now and say that if we are not very successful, I mean, very successful next year, the Herm Edwards shtick 
is not going yeah. to wear nearly as well as Graham's did. Now, it helped that Graham won eight games, ten games, ten games to start. Sure, sure. But, if, you know, if we're five and seven next year and this recruiting class is poor, um, yeah. I, I'm not going to be chuckling along at, you know, look at our, you know, no. sort of Mr. Magoo no. type coach. Um, no, agreed. I mean, I, you know, look, the, the 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 standard has been set and it's been set very high and it's been set by Ray Anderson. He can't. You know, we talked about this last time. He cannot come out and say, "Well, we need to be patient." No, no. You you said that we're you know we're no. That's what they said on Monday. This is nobody's rebuild. Well, I agree. It's not a rebuild. Um, you're bringing this guy in with the idea that it's going to happen quick. Now, you know, the first year under a new coach, I always find you have to sort of kind of put an asterisk by it. Uh, uh, you know, he, he hasn't had a full recruiting cycle. There's going to be some guys leave, I'm sure. We've already had um, one. You know, the, the number one rated guy yes. on our, according to ESPN, the number yes. one rated commit has decommitted and is taking yeah. visits to UCLA and Michigan. However, yeah. we're be, trying to get a kid players from, leaving as well. Yeah, we're also on the recruiting cycle. We are trying to get a kid from BYU because when BYU fired yeah. Ty Detmer, uh, right. it has opened the door for a lot of Mesa kids who were going to go there yeah. or looking there to now look back and see maybe they want to play sure, a little closer to home. Sure. I mean, you know, the last the last month, I mean, obviously this year is the first with the signing period, but there's going to be a lot of kids who don't sign in December and they wait till February. So there's always, you know, decisions changed and, and last-minute prizes and things like that. So, uh, you know, I don't expect greatness in 2018 necessarily, but I sure do expect it by 2019. I mean, you're saying – that the standard's higher than seven and five, and I completely agree with. But then you better meet the standard and meet it quick. Um, do, does that mean he has to win a national title in 2019? No, but you better be top 15 in the country and top three in the conference because that's what Ray Anderson said the standard is. I don't have the patience to wait for that, and I don't think anybody should. I mean, he's come out and said, "Don't have the patience." Okay, now you got to back it up. Well, and let's be clear also. You don't hire a sixty-something-year-old coach right. for a rebuild. That's not for that's not what this project. Moved. Yeah. yeah. No, you're right. Yeah. You know, if yeah, they had brought yeah. in, if they had just decided, look, we're going to hand the reins over to Billy Napier. We think he's the right guy to yeah. to keep this program pointing forward. We like his youth and his enthusiasm. Okay. Yeah. Well, if Billy Napier has two struggling years as he's building it in sure. you know in his own image. Fine. But you know, Herm sixty-three. Herm needs to win now. Yeah. <laughs> There's not a long term. No, I agree. I mean, yeah, the expectations are high, and they're high quickly. Um, this is not like Bobby Hurley. You know, we, we brought in Bobby Hurley, and we kind of kind of knew it was going to take a while. You know, it was going to be some lean times, and and it, you know there were the last two years were rough. You know, there were some good times, and not many. Um, you know, and now I think we're seeing our way through it. Hopefully, but. Um, that should not be the expectation for football because, again, Ray Anderson has set that out, that, you know, this needs to be better. And simply going to the Sun Bowl and winning seven games is not good enough. And I agree with him. But now, you you know, now this is the guy you brought in to deliver that, and you better deliver it quick. Yeah. I mean, the other thing is Ray Anderson is a football AD. I mean, most ADs are football, football-centric ADs. That's where the money but he's is very football but that is yeah that is his I mean, thing and yep this needs to work because that's why he's here <laughs> yep yep i agree i mean and i think that's an important point to remember when we talk about 
you know, Todd Graham and did Todd Graham deserve to get fired? And, you know, Ray Anderson's background's football. And, and I'm sure it gnawed at him a little bit that he'd hired a, a fair amount of coaches. The majority of the coaches, you know, have been hired by Ray Anderson in the athletic department. Football wasn't one. And he wanted to bring in his guy. And I get it. You know, that's, that makes sense. But now you've got your guy and you've taken a chance on a guy that very, Frankly, most people would have said, no way you should take a chance on a guy like that. And people are laughing at you. They're laughing at you right now. It was the but, only It was the only F grade from CBS Sports so far on the coaching carousel. Yeah, you know, I mean, it, it's being laughed at. And yet, you say F grade and you say CBS Sports. What jumps to my mind? Uh, CBS Sports guy who graded the Seattle Seahawks draft in 2012 with an F. And you know who anchored that draft? Russell Wilson. You know what they did two years ago? They won the Super Bowl. Or two years after that, I should say. So let's, let's you know, I don't know. I mean, these grades, again, people are laughing at us now. But it's only going to matter if they're still laughing at us in two and three and four years. And, and ultimately, Ray Anderson's legacy at ASU and job at ASU ride on whether they are or not. Yeah, very much so. Um, he did retain the offensive coaches, as we alluded to earlier. I, I think that's good. If nothing else, get some consistency for not just Manny Wilkins in his final year, but for the guys who will be here after, Brady White, uh, Dylan Sterling Cole. It's it's good. I mean, you know, that's one thing that Ray Anderson has said in this whole thing is is about, you know, know, retaining coaches and having coaching turnover that, you know, has been difficult to deal with. Now, some of that I, I almost find, like, got to be a little careful on how critical you are because Mike Norvell left because he got a head coaching job. That comes with success. So this feeling of we've got to retain coaches, well, you want your coaches to be in demand in some ways. Um, but at the same time, yeah, retaining them is good. Um, you well, know, you need Billy some Napier. kind of continuity. That, I, I, you do. It's you not do. even so much if Napier had left, but the fact that, you know, Norvell left, Norvell took guys with him, that's to be expected. Sure. The next year you lose – your wide receivers coach becomes the head coach of yeah. Nevada. Your offensive coordinator just moves laterally, but back to the SEC right. where he wanted to be. Right. And now all of a sudden you've had two complete offensive overhauls in two years. You have, you have. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's good to have that continuity. Um, I certainly think, you know, just looking at it from a, you know, I was thinking about it this morning, kind of got to be a strange dynamic with these bowl practices and meetings and, because now you've got half the staff coming back, and the head coach isn't, and I mean, it's just it's got to be kind of an odd feel with having a lame duck head coach and an offensive staff that's agreed to come back. Well, I just wonder, and I'm sure there's a story to be had here. Who actually is getting to run the practice, and, and what, <laughs> and, and in what sense? I mean, <laughs> because if I'm Herm Edwards, or quite honestly, if I'm Ray Anderson. Billy Napier is running the practice. Billy Napier is yeah. going to decide that Eno Benjamin's getting reps, uh, and yeah. that we're going to work on some install for things for next year, and we're going to get a look and see if Brady White's feeling better, and we're going to do all these things. Right. Because if you're Todd Graham, who I assume wants to coach next season, uh, that is my guess. Sure. Um, Probably somewhere. Yeah. You know, he wants to win this game. This will be his last game. Yeah. It might be his last game as a head coach for a while. Um, could be unless you know because I, I could see him moving and becoming a defensive coordinator somewhere um yeah yeah but he need, he wants this win 
I, I mean, and I think sure. everyone wants the win, but they are not uh, on the same plane with their priorities. No, no. It, it's it's got to be a strange dynamic. I mean, and I guess, I guess it comes with the territory and the coaching business that, you know, you get fired and hired and fired and hired and, and you, you know, you might run into these guys again later. So, you know, Todd Graham's not going to do anything to burn bridges probably because you never know. He may end up working with Billy Napier again down the road. Maybe he'll work for Billy Napier down the road. Coaching industry is very, you know, kind of a small world type of thing. So um, that said, and this is sort of, I don't, I mean, I don't know if there's any truth to this, but if I'm Todd Graham, I'm a little bit like, man, you know, this guy I brought in here a year ago, I didn't know him before. Now he's staying on and he's the rising star and I'm kicked out. I, you know, me personally, I'd probably be like, uh, was this guy angling for the top job all along? I don't know if he was, I don't know, if, you know, but I just, I would have that feeling if I was in his shoes. Well, I assume he was. Um, I, I suppose, I mean, you know, and I don't know if it's, if that means he's a, you know, I'm not saying he was a backstabber, but you know, it just, it makes you wonder and we'll never know. How and we talked about this, I think, last time or the time before. You know, who was really the deciding factor in hiring Billy Napier? Was it Todd Graham or was it Ray Anderson? Was it you know was Ray did Ray Anderson bring in Billy Napier last year and push for him because along as we discussed last time or you know one of these times, it feels like Ray Anderson wanted to make this move last year and couldn't. And did he think I'm going to make this move after 2017 and I want somebody that I can keep around for stability? sake? I, I don't know. Maybe that's tinfoil hat-esque. But, uh, but on you the know, same time, I, I don't know if that's conspiracy theory because I, you know, just hearing it, my initial reaction is I kind of hope that is what he did. Yeah. I hope he, I yeah. hope he had a I long-term mean, plan if he had to replace these coaches anyway. And right. it seems like he was done with I mean, Graham, but let's pretend he wasn't and he was does. on the fence about it or he, it was, yeah. or it was honestly a make or break, put up or shut up kind of year. Yeah. Then still have the guy in place who this is who I want. I yeah. like this guy and I think he fits with your philosophy. Yeah. And oh by the way, I'm making it so you're just the CEO and you're not going to be able to call as many right. defensive timeouts in the first quarter. Um <laughs> yeah. 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 No, I mean it's uh I don't know. I don't know. I mean, well again, we'll never know what the backstory was because, you know, Todd Graham is smart enough to not start telling stories because again, you never know who you work for down the road. Um, he wants another job in football or several more jobs in football probably. So he's not going to roll over, you know, he's not going to come out and burn bridges with ASU because people from here may end up hiring him later. Uh, but yeah, you just wonder, you know, I mean, it was a departure from the Graham coaching tree. Um, there was pressure on after last year's disappointment. And it makes you wonder if, if it was a little bit sort of like, hey, you're going to hire this guy because I say so. Yeah. And if you wanted Graham gone, good. I hope that's what he did. I hope he told him, look, yeah. you're, you're going you're gonna to shape this program the way I want it to be shaped because what you're doing is not working. And, right, right. And apparently he, and ultimately it wasn't. Yeah, and apparently yeah, he did not. shape it the way that he wanted because he wants all these coaches back. He's uh, keeping, yeah, yeah. It, it's uh, it's just strange. I mean, again, I go back to that word. Now we've got a bull prep with, with you know what maybe who knows. I mean, I, I guess you know we're kind of on ice with the defense right now because Bennett's been out of town. But 
you know, who knows? We could be looking at a situation where the majority, if not all of the assistants are back, but the head coach is gone. Uh, that's unexpected if that happens. Now, I would assume Herm Edwards has some defensive guys he wants to bring in. That's his background. I'm sure he's, you know, he's been coached forever. He's one of those guys who's coached for so many different people in different places that he's probably connections to people. So he probably is going to bring in some guys of his own touch, but the offensive staff obviously is coming back in full. It's just an odd dynamic. Yeah, it it, it makes no sense in the way that the modern college coaching carousel works. No, no, it does not. But as as I said, none of this, uh, nothing about this hire has made sense. I mean, it, it just hasn't. And we just have to hope that, you know, Ray Anderson knows something we don't. Because that's basically, you know, we go back to that press release. That press release about the new leadership model was written from the tone of, I know something you don't know, and I'm going to show you how smart I am. And we just have to hope he, he's right. I mean, I, you know, I, I don't much like that attitude. Very Arizona Diamondbacks-esque. Mm-hmm. Um, They've had that, you know, and I, I don't know, you weren't living here and they had the whole organizational advocacy thing, but that reminded me of that, um, you know, catchphrases and jargon and slogans, and we're smarter than you and we're going to teach you a new way of doing sports. And it blew up in their face. And this feels that way. And I just hope this one doesn't blow up in our face. All right. So let me, let me pivot now to basketball okay asu plays kansas on sunday it is a big game at kansas it is exciting but they play the eight and one uh st john's red storm in los angeles on a neutral site tomorrow um yeah does the is the team aware of that because the media almost is ignoring that game (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's not an easy game. You know, they've been better. Um, I saw they, you know, they beat Grand Canyon. It's not a great team, but they beat Grand Canyon down here, uh, you know, Tuesday night in that doubleheader with Arizona. Um, you know, they, they appear to be a program that maybe is finding a Wilson too, maybe just like we are. So, yeah, it's a it's an interesting three days, you know, to play that and then travel to Kansas um, and, and play, you know, the – the Kansas team, number two in the country, but just took a loss, a surprising loss to Washington. You know, uh, saw many projections, you know, from yesterday about Kansas will be able to name their score in this game. This will be a blowout. Well, they wasn't not only a blowout, but they lost. So, um, yeah, it'll, it'll be an interesting uh, 72 hours for this program to see where they stand. Yeah. Uh, but if I have confidence in anything in the athletic department right now, it's Bobby Hurley. So. Yeah, oh, I mean, among the top three programs, I mean, if you want to, you know, dive deeper into, you know, women's golf and, uh, you know, some of the more minor programs that have had a ton of success, not to diminish them. Uh, but, yeah, certainly among the uh, the headliner programs here, basketball certainly appears on the most of thing uh, because we, well, maybe you don't know, but. If you know anything about ASU baseball, they're not on very level footing right now. And certainly what's happened with football the last couple of weeks makes you wonder. Now, again, maybe we'll look back and say, boy, that, that Ray Anderson, he knew something we didn't. And wow, what an impressive move. What a bold move. What well, we were all wrong for questioning him. But right now, it's pretty easy to question him. Yeah. Um, I would say my rankings would be 
on, on just coaches I trust, it would be CTT1, Hurley 2. Yeah. On just having yeah. the, having their team in their sport ready to go. Yeah. Well, she's got a much larger sample to base on. Um, you know, we, we, Hurley, we're, we're very excited about, and I'm very excited about, but, you know, it's, it's still early. We don't have a lot to base on uh, as far as success. Um, you know, I, do I feel right now about football and baseball? I do, because I don't know that Herm Edwards is in over its head. I can guess that. I can have a lot of people tell me that. I don't know that yet. He hasn't coached a game. I don't feel good about baseball because I've got three years of Tracy Smith, and I feel like he's in over his head. Um, we'll see. You know, maybe he can right the ship. Uh, Ray Anderson seems to believe he can. So there we go again. Ray, I hope you know something that we don't. Because there's a lot of people who think you're an idiot for keeping Tracy Smith on board. Let me go back to Hurley. Hurley's name gets bandied about now a lot as a coach who could be on the move yeah. and looking to leave. Here's my conspiracy theory, trying to read the tea leaves, thought on this. We just signed a home and home with Princeton where we play Princeton in Tempe next year and then go to Princeton mm-hmm. in two seasons. I think yeah. Hurley stays to play that New Jersey game, and then Coach K and him and Jeff Capel are going to have to work <laughs> out what happens at Duke after that season. I hope, I hope he stays for a while. I mean, look, you know, we've talked about this a bunch, about Bobby Hurley and about other coaches just in a, in a hypothetical sense. I've always said if Coach could come in here and do really well and he can get a better job and he can leave the program in better shape for the next guy – I'm fine with that. And if that turns out to be Bobby Hurley's, you know, destiny here, okay. Um, you know, I, I wish he didn't leave here and get the Duke job. Man, hey, could you fault him? I certainly couldn't. Um, but I hope he stays, you know, long enough to do something, um, well, maybe it's this year. Uh, maybe we have a really good year this year and he gets that opportunity. And you know what? If that's the case, awesome. I mean, I, I, I hope it doesn't happen selfishly, but I certainly couldn't blame him. Yeah. Um, let's talk about a couple big national stories real quick. Um, the first one is the more for fun one. Um, who could have seen that LeVar Ball would take his kids out of their high school and college within two months? Uh, and he, this, the reason he gave when he took LiAngelo out of Chino Hills uh-huh. was he didn't want him to be distracted by all of the high school drama and he was going to homeschool him. Right. And that seemed like a horrible choice, um, but that he was going to still go to (laughs) UCLA and that it was all still going to be fine. Yeah. And LaMelo Ball was at UCLA basically on the um, Danny Manning's dad became a head coach type train. He had the talent to be a mid-major player. But his two brothers had the talent to play at UCLA. We're really good. And so yeah, he's at yeah. UCLA. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and now he's gone, <laughs> you know, having never played a game. Yeah. And uh, they've both signed with agents now, which I think to, to say that pulling Le, uh, LiAngelo out of school to avoid the distraction, uh, it's kind of all for naught now if you're going to send him to Europe or China to play, you know, at age 17 yeah. for three years, yeah. effectively. Yeah, I mean, the the kid is, um, you know, from what I've heard, the the youngest one. Now, is okay, I'm getting confused. Is LaMelo the youngest one? 
Lamelo's the one at UCLA. Leangelo is the one. Okay, I thought it was the opposite. Okay, well, whichever. Um, you know, is supposed to be pretty good. But wait, no, now I'm confused. Be... You're right. I think you're right. I think Lamelo is the younger one because Leangelo is the one who got in trouble for shoplifting. Right. I'm pretty you're sure. Right. You're right. Because they mean, they're how could in we reverse. Not know that? It was all over the news. They're in reverse the alphabetical stadium. order. Lonzo. That's right. That's right. Lamelo. Leangelo. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So Leangelo and maybe gone from the radar forever because, you know, he probably wasn't even going to be that significant of a player at UCLA. Now he's out of there. Um, Lamelo is thought to be pretty good, but a huge, you know, chucker basically. Not the not the savvy kind of basketball player that Lonzo is. Not you know, not a passer. Uh, you know, guy who might you know kind of have Allen Iverson esque numbers in a game. You know, fifty points and one assist. Um, so I don't know how his game fits if he goes and plays professionally. I don't know. I, who knows what's? I mean, I, I, we talked about it last year, and I said I thought the, you know, the the ball family legacy was still early chapters. It probably still is. We might be closer to the end of the book than I thought. Uh, I mean, I still think Lonzo is going to be pretty good. I think it, you know, it, it's fashionable to rip him now because he's struggling as a rookie, but he's a rookie. Um, but the other two knows. I mean, you know, would it surprise you if Lonzo's the only one to play in the NBA? It wouldn't for me. No. I mean, I, I think that you, the equivalent I would draw is Justin Holiday, who kind of yeah. got, uh, got a helping hand up into the league because of Drew, but, right. but then was able to actually be a player. And True. I, I think that's been the, a nice player. Yeah. And I think the youngest one could do that. Um, but, he's got the but he does, I'm not sure. Nothing I've seen suggests to me that he is in an environment that is conducive to, uh, being responsible and really knuckling down to improve. No, um, no, not at all. I agree. I mean, it seemed like Lonzo was certainly the most well-rounded player. The guy who kind of, you know, had the basketball sense, um, you know, the, the youngest kid is just, uh, just a you know a, a ball shooter. hog you know to use the elementary school parlance he likes to have the ball in his hand he likes to shoot it a lot that's about it um so yeah i mean i think that one's interesting now yeah the more serious story and we didn't talk about this beforehand but i had been thinking about it today and it occurred to me that we should talk about it mm-hmm. um the ryan sh- so first that the whole bengal's yeah. steelers game was terrible and violent in a way that is bad but but the ryan shazier injury specifically you know he's Mm -hmm. having to have a a surgery to basically yeah straighten out and relocate his spinal column and yeah yeah and 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 something that i'm not going to take credit for this this i saw in deadspin but a point that they made that i think is valid is we're not getting the oh no it's okay he's gonna be fine that the NFL no, always does. We are getting the like we're not. the very quiet. Uh, yeah, he just had surgery. Period. No timetable. I've no, noticed that too. You know. Yeah, yeah. There was no um, you know what we usually get in these situations is oh he's got feeling in his extremities and everything's gonna be good and yeah we never we haven't gotten those and it's yeah i mean the optimism of a couple of days ago that really wasn't huge optimism seemed to have faded today with the news he's having to have surgery now or had surgery i guess already um man it's that's a tough deal you know it, it just you know really good young player um 
who was probably going to be a big piece and and maybe still will be. Look, I don't want to I don't want to call his career. We don't know yet, but certainly uh, you know if he doesn't play again, wouldn't be a huge shock. I mean, you hope at this point, and I know you know it sounds hollow, but you just hope at this point the guy can live a normal life. If he can get back to playing football, all the better. Well, and that brings me to the other question I have, which is, did you see the comments from Mark Cuban today? I didn't see Mark Cuban's, no. What Mark Cuban, I know in news has been Mike Mitchell, but yeah, tell me what Mark Cuban said. So what Mark Cuban said, he was at a, th- uh, you know, like a thing, yeah. a symposium or something about the future mm-hmm. of the future of sport and the future of basketball. And, yeah. the, and the comment he made and it wasn't directly about Shazier, but I think that was the undercurrent of it is yeah. if you're a parent today or you're somebody who's going to be a parent, would yeah. you rather your kid be on the basketball court running around, getting in shape, or would yeah. you rather them be on the football field and, and significantly risking their present and future health? Um, yeah, it's a, and, and, I th- yeah. And, and I think where it goes and where I'm kind of – leaning towards is I think it's going to go the way of boxing, which is, you know, it it will not be where the best athletes go anymore. It will not be the thing, but it will be a thing that certain people will still do because it's a way to make money and it's a career. Yeah. Um, But I think that you will see the most talented athletes start gravitating towards baseball, basketball, soccer. Yeah. Well, I mean, I certainly think we're kind of in the midst of a surge in basketball popularity at the professional level, at least. I mean, it feels like NBA is on an upswing and the NFL is kind of sliding down and they're maybe about to meet in the middle somewhere. Um, You know, his point is correct. And and maybe I'm a contrarian here. I don't, don't, you know, but I guess I wonder – you know, Mike Mitchell made this point, and that's uh, you know what I was going to say. I mean, he had this rant about how you know, look, this is the sport, and people have criticized him for it, but I, I think he's right. He made the point. This is no different than UFC. You get into the sport, you realize it's violent, and yet nobody seems upset about UFC. Nobody's repulsed by UFC. Nobody's repulsed. Hockey's got you know head trauma. Hockey's got fighting. Hockey's got violence. Probably more violence than football, I would venture to guess. There's more, you know, you hit, hit all the time. Nobody seems upset about that, but it's somehow in football we've become really sensitive to, to the violence. Well, why aren't we worried about other violent sports? Well, I, so here's where I land on the UFC and boxing versus football. And I, and I agree that now, as opposed to 5 or 10 and certainly 20 years ago, that this is a buyer beware sport now. If you are playing yeah. football, the, 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 there is no jury still You know out. what you're getting. This is, yeah, this is yes. what it is. Um, yeah. But I, but I think the difference, as a fan, my first gut reaction to that is the difference is the goal in boxing and the goal in UFC is to hurt the other person. That is, that is right. the point of the sport. The point of football is to accumulate yards and score points while the sure. other team tries to stop sure. you. And, and the way you stop them is through collisions, and that's, you know... Right. Not, it, it is the it's a physical sport. Yeah, it is the side effect, yeah. not the dominant, you know, for, the, the dominant base of how it's supposed to work. Now, all of that being said, the point's well taken that you know what you signed up for. And yeah. and, and people I mean, have that, died that. in boxing. People have died in MMA. And I suppose that when an NFL player, as opposed to a high school player, dies yeah. on the field, 
or shortly after exiting the field, there will be a national, you know, consciousness yeah, about this yeah. and a discussion. It's it's just it's, it's an interesting it's an interesting debate because we're we're very focused on the NFL when we talk about player safety and concussions and health and all that. And you make the point we've had high school players that have been injured in games and they die. Um, you know, and, and, but yet we, we don't think about that when it comes to high school football or college football. I mean, how many times in college football do we talk about, you know, uh, player safety? You don't hear that. Just doesn't get discussed. Um, and yet we do it in college football. We're playing more snaps per game. We're expanding the season. They now play 12 games. If you play a conference title game, 13. If you make the playoff, 15. We want to expand the playoff. We want more games, more games, more games. Well, uh, but yet in the NFL, we're sensitive to that, and it just doesn't make sense to me. We, you know, why Why are we are we repulsed by violence in the NFL, but in college and high school, it's okay. We're good. Do you think that part of it could be that, and, and I'm not saying I agree with this because I'm actually wondering, my, my personal view is I think you're going to see it starting to erode from the bottom up. Um, yeah. I think you'll see a lot more colleges go the way of Marquette and just get rid of football. Um, maybe, because maybe, if, but it's such a... It's a moneymaker, but it's a, but you have to balance that with so many other scholarships. You do, you, you do, know? but boy, it is such a moneymaker. I mean, uh, small schools like a Marquette, yeah, that makes sense, you know, but... I'm not saying that you you'll see, see it from the... I don't think you'll see all of a sudden the five power conferences right. are barely I mean, fielding 50 schools. It, you know, in our lifetime, you see the SEC, you know, having schools drop football? I sure don't. Now, you know, I mean, I... You know, I don't. Um, I guess we never know what the future holds. But, you know, we saw it. We went down there and we saw it this year and how much of a part football is of just the true football Saturdays. You know, we get it a little bit here at ASU uh, when we were, you know, but it's not the same. You go to some of those places, SEC, Big Ten, and that is just part of the fabric of society. Same in high school towns. You know, I mean, football on Friday nights, that is, you know, so does that start to wear away? Maybe it does. And if it does, that's when the sport really, you know, finds itself in jeopardy because right now it's still a huge part of the culture. Kids grow up, they want to be a part of it, and, and then they get hooked by the game, and whether or not it's physical or dangerous, they don't care. I mean, you hear that from players nowadays. Hey, we knew what we were getting into, and this is the sport we've chosen, and, you know, we'll, we'll deal with the consequences when we have to. And, and we'll see if that changes, I guess, over the course of de- decades. Well, and your point about the, the high schools and things is really resonating. I don't know if you saw the most recent real sports, but they were talking about this small town of Refugio, uh, Texas, and yeah. how it got hit by the hurricane, and then they started playing football in the town. Like, that's what the town does. That's what they're proud of. <laughs> and they were so happy that they were playing football. And in, like, the second yeah. or third game of the year, one of their star players was paralyzed. Was just... Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, and and the thing uh, is that his brother, his brother was on the team and his brother kept playing and the town kept yeah. coming. And there's this really powerful, yeah. you know, spoiler alert. There's a powerful moment at the end where they, you know, he's in a wheelchair and they walk him back through the tunnel for the first time. Uh, and he stands up out of the wheelchair, which no one was expecting really? him to do. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and took some, you know, baby giraffe type steps. But considering yeah. the fact that they thought he would never walk again sure. was amazing sure. and as well as things like well that's a really great story but then uh, you know in my head i'm like 
Uh, why would you put a kid in a position where he could get paralyzed from a game? You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard, you know, and, and there's no good answer to this. I mean, we, we love football. What have we spent the, you know, the last, um, you know, several months talk out on most of these, you know, probably 95% of our talk has been about football and, and, you know, we're not alone. I mean, it's still a huge driver of conversation in the sports world interest money when it comes to ticket sales, gambling, well, I mean, look at the, things. look at the contract Goodell just got that they, the NFL right. is doing right. fine apparently. So, right. Right. Yeah. You know, so, so the predictions of the demise of football, I mean, I, I think it's, you know, was the NFL always due for a, you know, a drop off? Yeah, it was. I felt that way, you know, a few years ago when it was at its peak that you're just not going to stay on top forever. And I think some of that drop off has happened. A lot of reasons, violence, the, you know, the player protests, um, you know, Roger Goodell and the suspensions. There's a number of reasons that have probably seen the popularity wane a little, but it still doesn't wane that much. Um, and college football, I would say, is maybe at its most popular. Has, I mean, do you feel like college football's popularity has waned? I sure don't. I mean, I think there's more interest than ever. No, and I, what I'm kind of wondering is the point you made about will the reckoning keep going down? Um, yeah. And – you know, the, the emph- uh, you know, maybe the NFL is its own worst enemy with its emphasis on player safety that we right. now, whenever there is something, we're like, whoa, 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 well, that's not safe. That, you, that no, is, a, agreed. you know. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just interesting to me how, you know, I look at, I look at these, you know, high school, I've, I've, I've you know, because I follow re- recruiting a little bit and, you know, some of the quarterback prospects. I mean, these high school teams are playing, they play 10 regular season games and then they play you know, five rounds of playoffs. So if you're making it to the final game, you're playing 15 games in high school. That's absurd, you know, and then we got it in college now. And, and you know, what's the big talk? Well, we need to expand the playoff team. Well, you know what that means? Extra game. Nobody's getting rid of a, of a regular season game. Nobody's getting rid of conference title games. So if you expand the playoff to eight, your teams in the championship game will now play the same amount of games as an NFL team. But nobody seems to be worried about that. We just sort of, yeah, you know, blindly let's have more games. In the NFL, talk about going to 18, and it's, well, that's terrible for safety. It's the same general idea. I mean, there, there, are, the, the, there are certain things that the NFL does. You know, I think part of it is college is the expectation of, well, they, these are student athletes, whereas in the NFL, yeah. it's about for the money. Like, the fact yeah. that right now as we're recording this, there's a, a Thursday night game, which, you know, sure. we're six minutes into the game, but... I, I would be more surprised if you told me there was not at least one serious injury today than if there, yeah. you know, than well, the existence. of I it. saw, I mean, I saw one four weeks ago where, you know, it seemed like half of the, you know, active players in the game left the game injured with the Seahawks and the Cardinals on a Thursday night. So, yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've seen it and I've seen the perils of, you know, Thursday night football, it seems like. But, um, yeah, I just, it's interesting to me how, we seem to kind of have that double standard going that the NFL were, were pre, you know, preoccupied by player safety and, uh, you know, all the things that are bad about it. Thursday games are another point. You know, you hear that a lot. Oh, these games are just not safe. Well, college teams are playing on Thursdays and Tuesdays and Wednesdays and Fridays. I mean, when the, when the Mac played every game on a weekday in November, did anybody, you know, is anybody shedding any tears for those kids? No, it's just get out there and play. Though, though I will say, at least for the Pac-12 schools, not necessarily for the other schools, that Thursday game usually comes after a bye. 
to create, usually does. To create now, a double buy. Yes. Now, you could say that the Pac-12 um, hurt itself in the playoff race by scheduling Friday games on short weeks. Because USC lost a game on a Friday. Uh, that probably cost itself a playoff chance. Washington lost a game on a Friday. Road games on a Friday on a short week. You know, both of those teams lost game. Washington State lost their first game on a Friday on a short week. So, uh, you know, that's a different discussion about competitive balance and all that. But, um, you know, it's just we just don't – you don't hear that discussed. And, and yet those are the ones we should probably be thinking about more because, look, if you're in the NFL – you know the risks, and you're being compensated for it very well, I might add. Now, that doesn't mean your life isn't worth living, but you're being compensated for taking on the risk. College kids are not. High school kids are not. They're playing just because they love the sport, most of them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, certainly at the high school level, yes. At the college level, yeah. I agree with you. And at the, thing the college is- level, you know, you get the education and you get the chance to play for the pro scouts and blah, blah, blah. But nonetheless, you're still not making the money that a professional would. And it doesn't seem like people are bothered by that. Uh, yeah. And you can't, you know, I, I think that you cannot pay high school kids because they're not generating no. money the way a college no, program I'm not, is. No, I'm not suggesting that we do. I'm simply saying it just seems like a, you know, a contrarian type of approach because we're more preoccupied by the NFL. Now, I, I get it. I get why. Because you've got these guys who play 10, 12, 15 years and then they retire and their brains are, you know, have have you know degenerative diseases and they end up killing themselves and it bothers us you know we we see that and it bo- it, it should bother you but the nf you know the amount of people who play football and the amount of people who make it to the nfl it's a very small fraction that and where what about all the people who don't make it to the nfl and have got the head trauma from that, eight years of school and college that i think actually is the point of why we care about the nfl is because you know who Junior Seau is. You know you who these you guys, do. you know. Whereas I don't know the na- I, that the thing I watched on Real Sports about the kid who wound up getting paralyzed. Mm-hmm. I watched it yesterday. I cannot tell you what that kid's name is yep. right now. As I'm sitting, oh, here, and you're, I, and you're I, exactly you know, right. And it's you're exactly right. I mean, that's why it because of Junior Seau, because of Dave Dewerson, you know, names that we've heard. You know, Jim Plunkett, you know, comes out and says, you know, every day him is is misery because he can barely walk. You know, these are these are guys who we've you know seen and heard and and you know stuff like that resonates with us more than it does the anonymous college players. So I get it. I just don't think ultimately it seems curt. Oh, I agree with you. I, I think what what it is is it's an immediacy problem. The it is. the it NFL is. names are registered nationally, therefore we view it bigger. Right. Um, it's in the same way that steroids were a deal in baseball and they haven't really been a big deal in other sports because the big names in baseball were involved with steroids we knew about barry bonds sammy sosa mark mcguire those were our the guys we you know built up as heroes and then we oh they're doing steroid came like this huge thing and i think it's the same thing in football we've got these big name guys that have been sort of tied to this and so it becomes like well we're more concerned you haven't heard it in hockey how many hockey players have you heard you know Oh well, that guy committed suicide at age forty-five. He hadn't heard it, so we're not as preoccupied by that. No, I think. I mean, I think that's fair. Um, one last pivot, um, because we brought up steroids and baseball and those name players. Yeah, we'll end on a for fun one. 
Rafi Palmero at 53 is trying to come for a comeback. <laughs> I I uh, think that Bernie Mac, when he did Mr. 3000, had a better chance of making the actual Brewers team than Rafi Palmero <laughs> has of making a major league team. And I think this is my view on, on this whole thing. He has yeah. missed out on the window to be in the Hall of Fame. And the rule is you have to oh, be yeah. out of baseball for X number of years, and then you're on the ballot. I think he wants to do mm-hmm. this to try to restart the clock and try to argue he should be back in. But wouldn't even attempt to argue that. 100% agree with you. Yeah, I, I mean, it only makes sense for that reason. Uh, you know, you, you hope that you if he could play in one game, it restarts the clock five years from now. Maybe attitudes have softened. They've already softened some. And you think, you know, well, maybe they'll give me my due when the time comes. I, I think he's misguided. Um, you know, first of all, I don't think he's going to play in a major league. So I don't think it's going to matter. Do you think Secondly, he gets invited to a major league spring training? Uh, God, I don't know. I mean, I don't. I, I do not. I, I would say probably not. But I never ruled the fact that somebody out there who he might have worked with before would say, yeah, we owe you one. You know, we'll do you a solid. You played, you know, I mean, you know, it's kind of like the coaching world we were talking about with football coaches. You know, everybody knows everybody. Rafael Palmer played a long time, knew a lot of people who were still in the game. Is there somebody out there who would say, okay, why not? You know, come well, swing a bat for us for a few days. And for me, uh, it was almost the, it was almost the other, the other take on that, which is the, uh, the cousin of your suggestion of owing somebody is, Look, yeah. the Mets signed Tebow. The Rangers bring they in did. the Rangers bring in Russell Wilson every spring training because right. they drafted him. You're right. The, Rafi Palmero will get you an ESPN feature story, an ESPN.com story, an MLB.com yes. story. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I mean I, I agree. You're right about that too. I didn't I didn't think about that aspect, but um, yeah, you know, it, it will get you notice, and you know, in baseball, there's probably 20 teams that would love to get noticed. Uh, you know, there's always a handful that steal all the headlines. So yeah, is there somebody out there who would say, eh, you know, get us, get us on the radar a little bit in spring training, get people talking about us. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, would it be a circus act? I think definitely, but you're right. I mean, baseball has plenty of them every year. So we had nothing to talk about that. That was what this was. We had nothing to talk about. And somehow we managed to go for over 45 <laughs> minutes. Uh, That's the beauty of us and sports. We could do that. We can manufacture conversation. So we're going to manufacture more conversation this weekend. Um, hopefully ASU will remain undefeated by the time we talk again, but I'm nervous about this L.A. game in Staples Center. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so we'll be back. Uh, do the bowl pick em. It's ESPN.com bowl pick em. Find the group on Twitter that we posted. Passwords, blown coverage, all one word. And uh, yes. and we'll be back this weekend. Until then, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast.